0: You have a fabulous young leader here. I call him young, but uh, everybody's young when you turn 65. But Sheldon and Heidi have done such a fabulous job in creating a wonderful atmosphere. Would you say thank you to this great pastor and his wife and your leadership team? In fact, you have a great legacy around you. I just look at this building and the ceiling, I think, I remember putting sheetrock right up there. So those of you better watch out, it might fall right there. But uh, the the lights and the parking and striping, everything, the curbs, everybody jumped in. I mean, everybody. Henry Leong was here laying the cement and George Cahill and Obed and we just all jumped in. And so this was really built by love, This is what it was. Just a wonderful time. And to take a look at them still being around, I'm just amazed. You know, they say you get more valuable when you get older because you have silver in your hair, gold in your teeth, gas in your stomach, and lead in your feet. <laughs> so the whole U.S. commodity is resident within us right here. But you have a great legacy because these are like in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, for we have a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. And that in the, the Greek is sort of like at the end line of a race. People clapping. And this is kind of like the large cloud of fanfare, is the word, or grandstands applauding and rooting you in to make it across the finish line. Those who have been runners before, who appreciate the race, and are encouraging the new ones that you can do it. We did it. You can do it. We're here to give you inspiration and to exhort you to your best. And the Bible says we are surrounded by a large cloud of witnesses. They're all surrounding us. And the, the guys, I look at all of these wonderful people. There's, in fact, yesterday we celebrated, uh, two days ago, Doris Aoki's 100th birthday. 100. I thought, man, that's old. <laughs> and she's still here, and I'm going to canonize her a saint. Because she has been here from the very beginning. She was one of our board members. And when we started over at the Waikea Villas, and then we moved to the women's club, and then to the boys' clubs, kind of like we're devolving, degrading women, boys, next child club. And so we kept going. And I look at these people that they're all surrounding us saying, go, you can do it. Who? You. The runners. If you think about it there's two places in the race that you have are full of energy at the beginning of the race because adrenaline is pumping and at the end of the race. Why at the end of the race. I was running the Honolulu marathon and uh, I came around the last bend. I was so tired and it was like every step I took was like someone jabbing a knife through my thigh. It was just so sore and I came around the corner. I thought I'm just going to die. I'm going to go home be with Jesus right now. I don't want to go across the line, pow, finish, I am done. But just as you turn the corner, I saw my wife, Anna, with a camera, and my kids clapping, go, dad, go, what do you do, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, all of a sudden you got energy, because you got to look good for the picture, you know. So at the beginning of the race and the end of the race, you got to look good. And uh, it's like these are large cloud of witnesses. They're clapping you on. Who? Those of you that are here carrying the baton of the present into the future. You have a great cloud of witnesses. And so I just want to encourage you. Uh, was back in 1984 where we started. In fact, the day Anna and I landed here, the uh, Kilauea started uh, erupting. Same day. And... Uh, Uh, So I remember that very, very well, and it was the best years of our life. And I remember having to go to Honolulu, and the Lord laid it on my heart 11 years later, and I just couldn't do it, just couldn't. I said, no, we're staying right here. We put a lot of sweat and labor and life and love into this place, and we can't leave. But after a year of the Lord just continuing to pound our hearts, we thought we better go. And so here's a little video of kind of the beginning of it all And take a look and see what uh, went went through in the very beginning. Let's take a look.
1: With less than 40,000 people, the quaint town of Hilo, Hawaii, saw the birth of one of the fastest and most innovative churches in the nation, New Hope. It was over 30 years ago that a failing church and a fledgling pastor ignited a movement that now spans more than 130 congregations from Nepal to Missouri.
0: I was actually sent here to shut down a very small church that was a part of our denomination called Foursquare. The pastor was um, actually resigning, and uh, very few people left and quite a bit of debt but that night when i came here it was almost as if the lord spoke to me and said not only will you not shut it down you are going to move here and you're going to take it so we went back to oregon and three months later we were here in hilo hawaii well it's been 11 wonderful years and we had planned to stay here we purchased a house we planned to in fact i even walked up on place called Halai Hill where Titus Cohen's grave was, one of my missionary heroes, and I said, I'm going to be buried right next to him. But one day the Lord began to stir in my heart about a a different ministry, about pioneering all over again. In fact, we had pioneered nine churches, and he said, you're to pioneer one more, and I thought, great, I'll just train up some more young pastors and we'll send them out. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, close but no cigar. You're going to do it. You're going to go back to the dirt and start all over again. I struggled with it because I said to God, I said, I thought you told me that I was going to stay here or at least you made me feel like I was going to stay here in Hilo. Why did you ask me now to to go when I felt like this was my last whistle stop? The Lord spoke to my heart and said, if you didn't have a heart for Hilo, like that would indeed be your last whistle stop, you wouldn't have thrown your heart over the line. You wouldn't have loved the people. It would have been a transient spot and you needed to give your heart to these people. And so. After about a year, I knew that I knew that I knew that God had put a call on my heart. And, you know, even though there were a lot of tears when we left, I'm so glad uh, our hearts were here for 11 years. And still is. I mean, we have a wonderful relationship with the people here. It's just like God simply enlarged the ministry, didn't really move it. God did enlarge the ministry because actually now since that was made, we have over 150 churches called New Hope all over the globe. Isn't that the greatest So how the Holy Ghost continues to grow things? But after over 20 years now in Honolulu I've actually passed the baton of the church so we have John Burgess is our new pastor there at the Mother Church in Honolulu and uh, I'm over at a college now called New Hope Christian College. We have two colleges one called Pacific Rim in Honolulu and then a large campus in uh, eugene called new hope christian college beautiful 31 acre campus and uh, we have about 100 uh, all together with hawaii and eugene we have about uh 250 students training for ministry in cinematography worship leading business administration uh, teaching counseling etc so that we'll have a pipeline of young leaders going into the New Hope Churches. And God may be calling some of you to do that. Check that out. So right now, I am uh, president of our Bible college and teaching a graduate course, master's and doctorate degree in in ministry, and enjoying it, and then kind of coming back and training our pastors, applauding them at the end line so that they come across strong. But uh, here's a, a video of the college that we have in Eugene called New Hope Christian College. So this is kind of what I'm doing right now. FOR THIS SEASON SO that, THAT COLLEGE GETS NICE AND STRONG AND SUSTAINABLE. HERE'S A VIDEO ABOUT NEW HOPE
2: CHRISTIAN COLLEGE. THE FIRST TIME I WENT TO CAMPUS, IT WAS A LOT OF ALOHA.
3: IT WAS AMAZING GETTING TO SEE ALL THE OTHER STUDENTS WHO ARE EXCITED TO LEARN AND GET TO KNOW MORE ABOUT THE WORD OF GOD AND GET TO LEARN MORE ABOUT THEIR CALLING IN LIFE.
2: New Hope Christian College is a magnificent college and they exist to train leaders for the next generation to really carry on and advance the kingdom through business, through creative arts, through even playing sports. A lot of times you go out and you wanna learn ministry and they kinda just throw you in at the deep end of the pool, so
1: to speak. Uh, But at New Hope Christian College, you have teachers guiding you all along the way. These veterans in ministry that are just kinda help shepherd you as you process through your ministerial practice.
3: It's my second home, I would say. Um, I got to make so many amazing friendships there. The people there care about who you are, and they care about what God's plan is for your life, and they want to try to uh, pull out every single ounce of potential and make sure you reach that potential, what the Lord has for your life.
2: It was worth the decision to move from Hawaii to Oregon because you have the ability to dream even bigger, to discover more of your potential, and to really see who God really is in his character and his nature. So it allowed me to see that there's more than what I'm just doing right now, but to remain faithful in what I'm doing right now.
1: Most recently, when we went with our campus pastors, we were all blown away, Um, not only how big the campus is and how beautiful it is, but also just the heart behind it. You could just see that joy that comes out in, in Pastor Wayne whenever he sees that, well, dreams are being released. And so I'd seen the dream releaser statues and you could just see that this is exactly what Pastor Wayne sees is happening every single day with every one of these students Is he's just tapping on that cage and releasing dreams in the hearts of these young people.
3: With Pastor Wayne around, it definitely uh, brought a sense of aloha there. There is a sense of just peace, as well as uh, he brought a level of excellence to the students, encouraging us to do more, as well as a level of excellence for the faculty to do their best um, with what God has called them to do.
2: People, staff, faculty, and students are able to see God through him, and God use him through his giftings, and. His ability to execute in that capacity is, is overwhelming. It's it's incredible. And people see that, and people are drawn to that. And having that type of capacity, that leadership, that influence, people want to hop on board and discover more of their strengths and their ability and execute in their way and their giftings. Just to see Pastor Wayne still having that heart of doing whatever he can, and he still
1: has that tenacity and vision to um, lead a college and just to identify and train young emerging leaders that are, that's impacting the world. I mean, these are the next church planners, these are the next creative directors, these are the next executive pastors that's coming up and we, we can see the fruit of it now. Ongoingly, I think the, the work of the spirit in him and what he has submitted himself to in obedience, and sacrifice, it's worth investing and in continuing to support and be family, you know, to him in, in whatever way. This is us. New Hope, whatever it is that our senior pastor is feeling like God is calling us to as a movement, this is us. So this is us in Oahu, this is us in Eugene, this is us when, when in Japan and, and throughout the Pacific Rim and in Asia, this is us. And whatever it is that God has called New Hope to do, I, I want to get 100% behind it's worth the time and the investment and the effort to lay that foundation and make sure it's strong for what God wants to build in the future.
0: Isn't that great? That's us. So what you just saw isn't something happening out there. It's a part of us. In fact, everything that New Hope is today, the principles of which, that is made out of, came right from this place right here. It all started in Hilo many, many years ago. For example, the love for God and the love for the Word of God started right here. The Life Journal, which is now being used by over 10,000 churches in the U.S., that Life Journal started right here. The Love for the Lost, evangelism, started right here in reaching out for those who don't know Christ. How many times did I, have I remember, remember me saying, this is not our church. You are kind of like the leaders of the church. The church are those out there. Those are the ones that we want to reach. You're really the ones whom God has anointed to help reach those people out there. Because if we don't, this just becomes a care center for those that are already convinced. But those that are convinced get to be Equipped to reach those who are yet to be condensed that's the church of new hope it's its embrace of the lost that's where it's at and you never measure the size of a church by how many are are inside of it you measure the size of a church by how many are still outside of it so there's a ton there's thousands and thousands of people out there that are yet outside of the church and outside of the kingdom. So our church isn't that big because we've got to reach a ton of those people out there. So we've got to be equipped and figure a way to help those people get ushered to Jesus. That's our call. That's our assignment. And we're happy to receive that. And that's a principle by which all the New Hope churches were birthed. It came from this place, the love for God, the love for people, the love for his word, the love for the lost. It started here, and this church now has birthed over 150 churches, and 110,000 people now have come to Christ because of what God started right here. Are you glad for that? 110,000. And for some reason, God chose this place. And I remember in the beginning, we didn't have much. I mean, we started the Waikia Villas and. Went to the women's club and you know, to the boys' club. I thought, you know, we're degrading and because and, it'll keep going down. But we had a great time. And if you had like a coffee pot, bring it. You have some chairs, bring it. You have a table, bring it. And everyone contributed to the beginnings of the church. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about the blessings of God. But before, let me start with a funny story about the blessings of God. There was this uh, guy that was supposed to go to church, but he cut out of church to go to the horse races. And, uh, And so he would go to the horse races and bet, gamble on a horse. Well, each time his horse would lose. And he was getting really frustrated when one Sunday he noticed a Catholic priest down by the horses blessing a horse. Well, that day, that horse that he blessed won. So he thought, what is this? And so he thought man that's the kind of blessing i want well the next week he watched a catholic priest bless another horse and that horse won he said this is it whatever horse that priest blesses wins so the next week he took all the money he had in his savings brought it down to the horse track and he watched for the priest to see which one he was going to bless well, this time, the Catholic priest went down there and, and really blessed the horse. I mean, he touched his eyes, his ears, his legs, every place on that horse. So he thought, man, this horse is going to win big time. So he put all of his money on that horse. Well, the race started, the gates opened, and this horse took off like crazy. First time around the track, it was way ahead. But the second time, that horse falls on the track and dies. Boom, <clears throat> right on the track. heels over. Dead. The guy goes, No, no, my money now. He's broke, right? Oh, no, where's that priest? And so he finds that priest right after the race. He goes, What's this? Two weeks ago, you bless a horse and the horse wins. Last week, you bless a horse and the horse wins. This week, you bless a horse and he dies. What is this? And the priest looks at the guy and goes, Oh, you Protestants from New Hope, that's your problem. You don't know the difference between a blessing and the last rites. (laughs) so first of all on sunday you go church no more fighting chickens (laughs) but the second is god really has blessed this church and i want to tell you why it's not because this church had talent it's not because this church was smart or had knowledge it's not because this church was holier the people were holy. If you know some of the ones that started, you know they're not very holy. Uh, you, you, it's not because we've got really good character. No, it's because of one thing, and I'll tell you what it is. I remember back then, we were so unorganized. We had no idea what we were doing. But, you know, we just loved Jesus and loved being with each other. We had good relationships. It was just fun to be with each other. I mean, sometimes people would come, and I'd I'd invite them to New Hope, and they go, oh, uh, I don't like organized religion. I said, great, come to New Hope. Nothing's organized. (laughs) Just come. (laughs) We have no idea what we're doing, but we just love to be together. And and so we started getting to be known as a hugging church, because the reason we hugged was we were surprised and amazed anybody would come to our church. Oh, thank you for coming to our church. (laughs) <laughs> and so we would hug after a while we were known as a church that would hug anything within 10 feet <laughs> telephone poles cars we don't care we just start hugging because we just enjoyed being together i look at this campus that the cement floors you know henry leong and Obed and wayne santos george Cahill, so many hands went into everything and we just enjoyed being together There was no blueprint. There was no building strategy. There was no program to plant a church and a manual on how to do it. We we had nothing. We had no instructions, no directions. But we loved being together. And I thought, you know, I bet that's what the Holy Spirit was waiting for. Because you can have great plans, but if people don't like each other and they've got broken relationships the Holy Spirit won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. But if you've got nothing, but you love being with each other, Holy Spirit works in a massive way. I found that in Luke chapter 1. We're going to put the scripture up on the screen so you'll see what I mean. And it's very simple scenario. Mary is pregnant with the Messiah. Her cousin is Elizabeth. She lives in the hill country. And she is pregnant with guess whom? John the Baptist. John the Baptist is actually Jesus' cousin. So Mary is pregnant with the Messiah, conceived by the Holy Spirit. She hears that Elizabeth, her cousin, is also pregnant. Well, Mary and Elizabeth must have had a really, really good relationship. Because Mary, though pregnant, takes about a three-day walk into the hills to, to be with her cousin Elizabeth for a while. They just must have had an amazing relationship. And I want you to see the working of God in the midst of a healthy relationship. Let's read it together. Would you read it with me? Go. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting. Okay, stop there. Now, this is just right at the beginning. Mary just greets Elizabeth. Watch what happens. Go. The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. When? Yeah, when the greeting of Mary reached Elizabeth's ears. Continue. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Because as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Now catch this. She was filled with the Holy Spirit when Mary, what, greeted her. You see, in today's church, you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit until the altar call, after the church service, bringing in an evangelist or a great mighty prophet from the outside to preach, and then, after a long time and a prayer line, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You know when that happened? During the greeting time. Turn and greet one another. Boom! The Holy Spirit begins to move, and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Not only that, during the greeting time, the baby leaps in her womb with joy. No, it just doesn't move. starts doing the jig. <laughs> Something eternal takes place, and she is filled with the Holy Spirit. And the baby goes nuts and joys, uh, probably dancing and, and leaping with joy. And you think, when was that? When she greeted... Her cousin. Do you understand? It it so overjoys the Holy Spirit when there's healthy relationships to the point where, bang, that's the environment of the miraculous. It's not after a prophet speaks or an evangelist speaks and there's a long, tarrying prayer line. Those are wonderful. Till 1130 at night, that's fine. But it's like the Holy Spirit says, if you have good relationships, I'll start moving in miraculous ways. You see, if you have healthy relationships, any simple program will work. You can have no program, and the Holy Spirit will just move and do all kinds of phenomenal things. We had nothing, but the Holy Spirit moved in a great way. On the other hand, you can be with each other and not really like each other and have the most amazing program. It still won't work because we'll sabotage and gripe and bellyache about each other because that's just the acid that's within, and the Holy Spirit won't work. And that's why sometimes we look for better programs, bigger programs, compare with, look at, try to be like when the Holy Spirit's saying, just get your relationships clean, and I'll do amazing things among you. Listen carefully. And the very thing that Jesus used in the beginning to build his church, he will use again to strengthen it yet even more. Because everything we have is, uh, we need is here. Everything we need is here. The potential of this church is amazing. And can I say this? Your greatest days yet lie ahead of you. You can still walk into your greatest future right now. Sometimes you don't realize what you have inside of you. The potential of this place is great. You say, What's potential, Wayne? Here's potential potential is everything you can be but you haven't become yet everything you can do but you haven't done yet every place that you can go but you haven't gone yet it's all wrapped up right here so in fact you can say it this way our future doesn't lie ahead of us our future lies within us are you willing well i need the holy ghost to help me well fine check your relationships you see, if your relationships are doing good, oh, Holy Spirit is going to start moving in crazy ways. I've been to churches where people are so sour, the people greeting you, the ushers, you know, hi, I'm Wayne Codero. Who cares? Yeah, go inside, go inside. And I said, oh, okay. And they, people, I go to churches, and it's like people are been baptized with lemon juice. They're all sour. And it's like, I don't even want to receive Jesus because if I do, I might become like you. There's this funny story. This this elderly lady comes in the church, and uh, the usher says, uh, "Hello, ma'am. Uh, where would you like to to sit?" She said, "Could I sit right in front of the, front of the pastor, right in the front row?" The usher says, "Oh, you don't want to sit there." The lady says, "Why?" He said, "Because our pastor's not very good. His sermons are really boring." And you might fall asleep. And if he does get excited at all, he spits on you with late time, <laughs> The lady looks at the usher and says, do you know who I am? And the usher said, no. She said, I'm the pastor's mother. <laughs> usher said to her, do you know who I am? The lady says, no. He said, good. And he took off. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just don't want to be like that church, you know. <laughs> but but if we have an environment that's attractive, it's like people want to come. They want to be a part of that church. Because uh, you have to think of think about it this way. For some people out there, you're going to be the only Jesus they will ever see. And you will be the only Bible they will ever read. You. And so we have to represent him. You know the word enthusiasm? The word enthusiasm actually comes from a combined Greek word, en and theos. En theos, or we get enthusiasm. En means within. Theos is what? God. You know what enthusiasm means? God within you trying to get his way out. Trying to shine through you. Trying to get out so he can touch people through you. And that is called enthusiasm. When you let God shine through you, speak through you, love through you, forgive through you. Do you think God still wants to forgive people? Here's what enthusiasm is. God is saying, would you let me forgive that person through you? No, no, shut up. Stay inside there. I'm not going to forgive him. Yes, I want to. He wants to forgive people. How many of you know God wants to love people through you? Yeah, so he's trying to love people through you. So we're either going to be a blockade or we're going to be an entrance so that God can be loving people, forgiving people, caring people for people through you. And that exchange, that transfer is called entheos or enthusiasm. Yes. So that kind of atmosphere is what attracts people. I have a friend, the name is Darwin uh, some time ago, he was with Youth with a Mission. Why, And his mission was actually working uh, on Hotel Street in Honolulu in the red light district, where there's a lot of ladies of the night, prostitution going on. Well, after a while, some of these ladies started to come to Christ, and uh, who had been on the streets for several years, but they came to Christ. It was just a wonderful thing, and. Uh, He was actually going to have to be transferred to another mission when one of the ladies said, Darwin, please start a church here for us because there's a lot of other sisters caught in the darkness and we need a church. He said, oh, not really a pastor. I'm an evangelist and I'm going to be being transferred pretty soon. She said, no, stay and start a church for us. He said, you know, there's really a lot of churches in Honolulu that you can go to. And she stopped, and when he told this to me, I've never forgotten what he said. He said, that lady looked at me, and she said, Darwin, tell me, look at us. Look at where we've come from. This is all we know. God's bringing us out of this, but this is who we are right now. And look at us, how how we are. What church can we walk into that people will not be shocked? What church can we go to here in Honolulu that will accept us? And maybe one day let us teach their children. What church would have men that would love us the way that you would love a sister rather than someone like us? What church would embrace us with a holy embrace and not a fleshly embrace? What church can we go to? Darwin paused a little bit and he said, I don't know. I don't think there are any. And then she said something I'll never forget. She said, then why should we receive your Jesus if when we do, there is no church for us to go to? Why should we receive Jesus when if we do, there's no church that we could go to? And when he said that, I said, Lord Jesus, let new hope be a church that these people can go and find hope in. Let's make it new hope. For the many people you are calling out of darkness and into the light. Amen. That's what started this church. That's the heart that we had. And I so wanted that. I remember, you know, Ernie Cruz was a part of our staff. And he used to sing paniolo kind of country music here. And uh, I fell in love with country music, music listening to him. And uh, I remember... My wife and I was speaking in Nashville, Tennessee, and so I said to my wife, let's stay at the Grand Ole Opry Hotel and then go to the Grand Ole Opry and see one of those shows. So we went to this amazing hotel. It's probably two acres under roof, and it's a massive center. Where on the It was in the summertime, so it was hot as can be. Everything is dying outside, dead trees, dying grass. Everything is brown. But on the inside of this hotel, it was it was had a it was humidity controlled air conditioned and they had waterfalls on the inside they had plantings hibiscus flowers were blooming on the inside there was ferns and fauna and just beautiful things and it was so nice it was like hawaii inside if you go outside it was like hell but on the inside it was like paradise and I remember, I mean, really, you open the glass doors to go outside. It's 107 degrees, 110 degrees. You open the door, it's like, whoo, your eyebrows get singed. It's like opening the oven on the turkey on Thanksgiving Day, you know. And, and so, but on the inside, it was beautiful. Outside, vegetation dying, shrinking. Inside, vegetation blossoming and fruitful. And I remember walking inside with my wife, Anna. By the way, she's right over here. Say hi to Anna, my wife. Waved everybody. I said to my wife, I said, honey, this is New Hope. She said, honey, no, you're getting delirious. This is Tennessee. This is a Grand Ole Opry hotel. I said, no, no, no. This is New Hope. This is, this is the church. She said, what are you talking about? I said, you see, this is how new hope has to be. When people are on the outside, they may may be dying and struggling and hurting, but on the inside, they can grow and they can heal and become all that God wanted them to be. This has to be new hope. This is the kind of church that God wants in Hilo. And out of that kind of vision, the church called New Hope began. I thought, that's what we want. And so when people come and they would see us hugging everything, like I said, tree stumps, coconut trees, anything, they would come and we would hug them. There would be a different atmosphere and the Holy Spirit would just begin to move without fancy programs, just start to move. You see, if your body, this body, is healthy, you, you, you'll probably hardly ever get sick if you're basically healthy. And if you do get sick, You heal up really fast. But if this body is frail and struggling and has toxin in it and adrenaline and problems and stress and anxiety, you'll get sick all the time. You'll be susceptible to every disease coming down the road. And when you do get sick, it'll take you forever to get over it. Isn't that right? There's stress and anxiety and hurts and fears on the inside. And it's the same thing like we are the body of Christ. And when we are healthy with one another, you will hardly get sick. And if you do, something happens in your family, your marriage, you get over it really fast. You heal up and God uses it for good. But if our relationships are broken, you'll get sick all the time from the stupidest things. You look at the divorces and problems we have and you find out why. It's like, that's so stupid. But they get sick over any little thing. And when you get sick, it's hard to get healed. What is it? It's relationships. That's why when the disciples said to Jesus, what's the greatest commandment of all? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it. What's that? Love your as, because they are yourself. We're the body of Christ. So if I get mad at you and stay mad at you and want to judge you and hurt you. It's like me getting mad at this hand here because I played the wrong chord on the guitar. Oh whack, whack. You do it right. You're insane. But we can do the same thing. We can do the same thing here. But we don't realize we're one body. And when that kind of love happens, when you just like to be with each other, just enjoy being with one another, the Holy Spirit does miraculous things so my my message is very simple here it is as we begin 2018 let's start off by giving everybody a clean slate give everybody a do-over how many of you need a do-over sometimes raise your hand yeah we all need a do-over we all need a mulligan so let's do this let's give everybody a do-over Whatever they've done, let it go. That's a new chorus for this new year. Let it go, let it go. just Let it go. Because in the end, you let it go. Why? Have you ever watched winners after a basketball game? Let's say they, yeah, we win the national tournament or something. They go and they hug their teammates. They give high five. And their friends are all sweaty, but they still love and hug them. They don't care if the sweat's all over them. Why? Because they won. If their friend missed the shot, they don't go, hey, we won, but you missed the shot. Oh, man, that's so, that was so bad. No, we won. Yeah, I missed that pass. I, I, I threw it out of bounds. I didn't get it. That's all right. Shut up. We won. Our winning vetoes every mistake. The fact that we win nullifies all the errors doesn't matter. We won. Isn't that right? Oh, I slipped on the floor, or you tripped me. It's okay. Let it go. We won. And now, folks, listen, in the end, I want you to know because of Jesus, we win. I just want you to know I prophesy before you, we win in the end. We win. And so the fact that we win should veto everything else. And if we can think about it in that way, as we start in 2018, give everybody a clean slate. Just let it go. Yeah, but, 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 you know, no use belly aching about it. It's not going to change the past. The past is the past. It is what it is, and it was what it was. But don't let your past ruin your future. Don't let it stain your future. You put it under the blood of Christ and leave it there. And once something is under the blood of Christ, you don't want to mess with the blood. Don't be pulling it up and grabbing it out. You know what you said? Leave it under the blood. Leave it. And you move on and watch God honor you. You get to forgive. Remember, enthusiasm is Jesus wanting to forgive people through you. What's your answer? Yes or no? He wants to love people through you. What's your answer? Yes or no? It should be yes Yes and amen. That's what the scripture says. In Christ Jesus, everything is yes and amen. Because that's his plan for us. So here's your assignment. Give everybody a new slate and start afresh. Hug them like like it's the first time you hugged them. Like a long lost cousin, like Mary and Elizabeth. And when your greeting in that kind of spirit reaches their ears, the Holy Spirit will jump for joy because now he's free to do whatever he wants to in a miraculous way. The very same thing God used in the beginning, he will use again. Let's let him do it. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? We're going to pray. Some of you may be here and you say, you know, Wayne, that's true because I've been stopped from coming to church because I've seen some Christians... In a negative light, they've done some things that I thought, man, if that's Christianity, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And it made me stumble. There's a lot of people that think like that, but I want you to know that Jesus is in our midst. And the reputation of Christianity is based on who Jesus is, not what another person has done. It's not based on their mistake, their sin, their immaturity, whatever it is. Don't let someone else's immaturity keep you from Jesus. You press through. And you may very well be here today because Jesus Christ is in our midst in spite of some Christians. Oh, we're going to do our best to do it right. To get our relationships right. To give everybody everybody a new slate. Clean slate. Start off clean 2018. 2018. Start off clean, 2018. But Jesus is calling you. You say, Wayne, I I must be a 100 miles away from Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus will take every step to close the gap of those 100 miles. He'll take every step to close that gap except the last step. That one's yours. To take the step to say, yes, I want to receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I need to open my heart. See, the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, I will come in. Because God's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on you. No, he never will. But he'll knock at the door of your heart. And when you open the door and let him in, that's when he comes in with your permission. Give him permission. Even if you don't understand everything there is to understand, allow Him in and watch Him do the miraculous. He will change your heart and change your life. That's a guarantee. But you've got to trust Him. That's what it means to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will straighten your life out for you. If you've never received Christ, do it today. You say, how do I do that? Just let heaven know. Uh, In a moment, I'm going to ask you a question. If you'd like to receive Christ, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And all you're doing is saying to Christ, not to me, but to the Holy Spirit, would you come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, change me. So if you're here today and you say, you know, Wayne, I want to receive Christ. I need to open my heart. Lord, would you give me a second chance and bring forgiveness of my sins? I want to receive you. If that's you right now, just raise a hand. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, Jesus sees all those. Yep, yours too. Yeah, those. Yep, Yep. you too, honey. Yeah, the Lord sees that. sees your heart too, not just our hands. Okay, yeah. Yep. Good, yeah, on the side. Yeah. Good. I'm going to pray a prayer out loud, and you repeat it after me. But make it your prayer. I'll give you the words, but you add the heart. So, would you pray this prayer after me? Say this Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and died for my sins that I might have life everlasting. Change me, make me the person you want me to be. I turn from my sins. And I turn to you. And now I say this so everyone can hear, so you can hear me, and so I can hear myself, and so the devil can hear. Jesus Christ is my Lord. He is my Savior. I belong to Him. In Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, that's the cry of our heart. Thank you so much for hearing our heart and our desire to receive you as Lord. Would you begin changing these wonderful people's lives? And I pray that our relationships will begin to heal, that we'll give each other a new slate, a fresh slate, a clean slate, even as you did us. And so may you do that through us to others. We're grateful for this church, the legacy, and the future, and the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for these things. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And we say? God bless you.